0: okay so is the bottom line the Mishnah discussed if a husband potters his wife the basic understanding of the gemara is that she had asked him to sign a document that he that she'll never have to make an oath so is that he can't make her swear so the gemara wants to know what type of oath is this referring to what type of oath it, did he waive that she no longer has to swear? So I'm Rabbi Yehuda So Rabbi Yehuda says. Yeah. Beginning yeah. With it's talking about the oath in the previous mission. The previous mission has said that if a woman manages his store, if his wife manages a store, he can make her swear at any time, even without uh, prior, you know, warning or prior notion. He can make her swear that she didn't steal from him. So the halacha is that type of oath. That type of oath, he could ask her, he could make her wave. It says the Gemara, meaning, but, had it been, let's say, a Pagemis Ksuva, which we're going to talk about in today's Da'af, Pagemis Ksuva is where a woman is moida, that she already collected some of the Ksuva. So let's say, he says, I already paid you. And she says, No, I didn't collect the entire ksuba, I collected part of it. So she's Maida that she already collected part of the Ksuba. That's called Pegemis Ksuvasa. She cannot collect the rest of the Ksuba unless she makes a shvua. That type of shvua, even if he says I waive all shvuas, that type of shvua she has to make, according to this opinion. Why? Because when he waves all shvuas, he's referring to shvuas that he put upon her. But this shvua she put upon herself. It's based on her own testimony. So it says so it says uh, it was this Rab Barvua says uh, Rav Yehuda Marav, the only time that she waves, when he says that he waves a shur, she doesn't have to swear, that's talking about her being an apotropis. Rav Nachman bravo he disagrees. He says, No, ksuvasa. it's talking even Pegemis Ksuva, where she admits to getting part of the Ksuva. So she's Machayev herself to make an oath. The halacha is, she doesn't have to swear because he waved that right. So the Gemara says, so we're talking about two days. is what type of oath are we talking about in the Mishnah that he waved? Either Pegemis Ksuva or. Dafka Apatropis. it says the Gemara. Amar Mordechai. Amar Kameh Rav Ravashi Rav said the following. Amar. Al I understand Rav Nachman that the case of the Mishnah is pegemis Suva meaning that he waived even that right. So what's the case? The Gemara. The Gemara assumes. We tell you is, explains also. The Gemara wants to think that it could be to any case, meaning that the cases where she asked him in the beginning of a marriage to write a star that she's waving that he's waiving the type of ksuba, uh, uh, all shavuos now if it's talking about pegemis ksuva that makes a lot of sense why she knew in the future meaning it's 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 realistic that she would ask because she got married in the beginning of the marriage she knows that she might want some of her ksuva money throughout the marriage which means at some point she's going to claim that she already got paid part of it she doesn't want to make an oath so she gets him to sign it but if you hold that it's Dafka talking about her becoming an apotropis, her becoming an administer of his store, or uh, or uh, in charge of his money, how would she know at the beginning of the marriage that that's going to be the case? How did she know that that uh, she would be able that at some point she would manage his uh, his inventory? So you'll say, well, maybe the is talking about a case where he she, he she, he wrote it after she became the apotropis. But Tyson explains, we want it to be all cases. In all cases, it means that when they got married, she said to him, hey, you know, sign the Shtar. Now, if it's to waive the Shavua in parted on an apotropis, how did she know she was going to be an apotropis at some point? Or would, she, would she have, like, uh, you know, she knew the future. It's like, what's going on? So because of this, Le said to Rav Mordechai, you see, all of this started with Rav the Morav's statement. The Rav Yehudah statement was that that it's talking about an Apotropos. And we thought, our version is, that it was referring to a commentary on our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that um, he waves the oath. What type of oath, Apatropis that we're asking, how how would how would you know how would he know that uh, how would she know that she would become an Apatropis to ask him to waive it? Ravashi says, I actually have a different version that Rav the Rav's statement about apotropis is not related at all to this. It was on something else. So the shail doesn't start. What what is his version? I know Muhammad Sisla. According to this version, this version is actually a commentary on not which type of oath he's make he's waving, but rather the end of the mission. The Mishnah said, holcha the end of the mission was that if she went straight from the funeral to her father's house, meaning after she might have been apotropus when she was alive, but then when he was alive, but then after he dies, she managed the funeral and then she stopped, stopped managing his money. <inaudible> <inaudible> the halach is the the orphans can't make her swear. Why they can't make her swear on on the things that what happened when she was alive, because when she was alive the husband waived it, and as we'll see in a moment, we don't make her swear on the time period where she was in charge until the funeral. And after the funeral, she wasn't in charge anymore. So there's nothing to make her swear. But then the Mishnah said that if she became an is after the funeral, then the orphans can make her swear on the future, but not on the past. So what does this mean? What does it mean that they can't make her swear on the past? So, the Gemara says... So, the Gemara says, meaning, she's exempt from making oaths on when she was an apotropis when her husband alive, because the husband waived it. So, according to this, it's not that, it's not dafka that that's the type of oath the husband waived. It's saying that when it says in the Mishnah that she has to swear, if she becomes an apotropis post-death, she only... Is obligated to swear for becoming an apotropis post death. Meaning, according to this version, we're going to make her swear for becoming an apotropis after the funeral, and we'll also make her swear for becoming an apotropis between the death and the funeral. But we're not going to make her swear for being an apotropis when her husband was alive because the husband waived that right. Now, the Gemara had said that according to this, this is Moragav, that if after her husband dies she be- can- continued uh, being in charge of the money until after the funeral, she has to swear about that time period, that she spent the money properly. Rav Masa disagrees. We actually don't do not make you swear between the husband's death and the funeral. Because Nardoy used to say lekarga, to pay for the tax imposed by the king Lemazini for uh, um, uh, this is for taking care of the daughters and the widow and for the burial person of the of the of the burial of the father, we sell orphans' property without announcement. You see, normally, when when if if uh, let's say someone wants to sell an orphan's property, let's say the, the court ordered um, you know uh, person in charge of the money, the apotropis, if he wants to sell an orphan's property, he can't just do it right away. He has to announce it for thirty days because that'll hopefully get a competitive offer except for these things you don't why because we want to make it easy for people it's a kvura we will not let if they need to sell property for the kvura we're not going to make an announcement for 30 days because we want to make it people comfortable spending money at the kvura because if someone thinks that this is what's necessary in order to spend money at the funeral then they're not going to spend money properly yeah So the point is because they need cash right away, so we're not going to make the announcement for 30 days for the funeral. So too over here, also we're not going to make an announce. We're not going to we're we're not going to make her swear that she was, uh, you know, acting appropriately until after the funeral because you need to spend money right away by the funeral. So we're not going to. It's hectic, and we're not going to be that tough on her. Amravachia. If a husband wrote in a star delay neder, that she doesn't have to make a vow and she doesn't have to make an oath. So, huini So, he cannot impose an oath on her. Avel yarshin But his heirs, after he pass away, could make her swear. That's what we have from the Mishnah. Now, but if you use a different lotion of naki you should be cleansed of all sinful vows. Then, ben yarshin then even his heirs cannot make her swear, because this is what he's saying here, I want you clean of all shavuas. meaning the first Lashen implies that he won't make her swear, the second Lashen is he doesn't want her to be swearing at all based on anyone that represents him. He has a different version. See, he says, no, according to this version, Naki nether naki shvo both he and the orphans could make her swear. According to this version it's their way of saying cleanse yourself through through oaths meaning according to this the dafka could make her swear. Shalach revzaka lamar ukva. Bendel ishvor bendel naki shvor. They said that whether you say deloshvor or naki shvor bendeli nether bendel naki nether if you wrote regarding possessions, according to this version, regardless of what you wrote, if you wrote Nixi, then he cannot pose an oath on her, but his heirs could. But if you wrote regarding these possessions, and if, you, if he said Nixi, which is my possessions, then only he cannot impose an oath, but his heirs could. If it's nun, which is these possessions, then so that means that he doesn't want these possessions to be the cause of an oath, regardless of whether it's from him or from the Yarshim. Whether, regardless of what type of you use, regardless of whether you wrote from my possessions or these possessions, no one can no one can make her swear. Neither he or his heirs. But he said, what am I supposed to do? The Chazal said that if you want to collect from, from orphans, you got to make a swear. So even if he uses this Lashen to exempt him and his heirs from, uh, from causing her to swear, if she wants to collect the Ksuba, she's going to have to swear. Because if you take money from orphans, you're going to have to swear. So meaning, his point is that all these L'Shainas are very nice, but if she's actually trying to take money from the orphans, the Chazal's Takana, that a person trying to take money from orphans has to make an oath, that he wasn't paid to that point, that overrides this L'Shain. And some have it, the same concept, but instead of quoting Rabbanim, it's a brisa. It's the same exact teaching, but it's taught in a Ebreisa. And that is the Halacha. Okay, New Mishnah. Mishnah says like this, If a woman, which I said before, means that she admits to partially collecting the Ksuba already, she can only collect the rest through making an oath. Similarly, if one witness testifies against her that it was already paid, the ksuba, and she wants to collect the ksuba, she has to make an oath. If If a woman wants to collect her ksuba from either property of orphans, from property that was already sold and she has a lien on the property she wants to undo the sale or she'll fun of or just stop, not in the husband's presence all of these require an oath now the gemara will elaborate on all these cases and speak out exactly how it happened now it's going to go through all what these cases mean practically. Habegemis ksuba Kesad. What is the example of pegemis ksubasa? So Mishnah says, "Ha yisaksubase Let's see, the ksuba was worth a thousand zuz. V'armula hiskab And The husband says, "I already paid you in full." V'yimeres leiskabiel money. She says, "No, you only paid me a hundred dollars." Le'tifel b'shevua. If she wants to collect the remainder, she has to make an oath that it was not yet paid in full. That's the example of pegemis ksubasa. What's the example of testifying that it's that it's paid? Again, suva worth a thousand zuz. And the husband said, "I already paid you." And she says, "No, you didn't." And one witness testifies against her that it's paid. If she wants to collect, she has to make enough then the Mishnah continues. What's an example of collecting from Shubadim, which is property that was sold? So, Machar if he sold all his property to others, now again there's a lien on the property, so the halacha is. So, Machar Nechasav Lachairim and she's trying to collect the ksuba from the purchase and undo the sales she has to make an off what's the last case uh, the second to last case she wants to collect from orphans that's very simple that's the case where the husband dies and she wants to collect the ksuba and the people who are in charge of the estate are now the orphans she has to make an off Shloim b'funav keitzah was the last case where she wants to collect the k'suba not in his presence. So halach if the husband divorced her and then went overseas, she wants to collect k'suba not in his presence. In she has to make an oath. Go to the next page. Rav Shimon Oimer, Shimon says this ambiguous statement, which the Gemara and tomorrow's daf will clarify, calls man Whenever she claims k'suba, if she's claiming the k'suba, the heirs can impose uh, make her swear but if she's not claiming her ksuva and the Yarshim, the Yarshim cannot make her swear now what this means the Gemara tomorrow is going to clarify Okay, so the Misha started off by saying that she has to make an oath the question is is the oath that she's making is that a chiv deraisa or is that a chiv so on the one hand you'll say well it's a chiv dera why because it's moidah ben right? this is an example where he says she paid fully he paid fully already. She says, no, I only received half of it. So the halacha is, if she wants to receive the other half, the half that she's claiming, she has to make an oath. Now that's an example of mo'ida Mixus, where you have two parties are arguing, one party is claiming he doesn't owe the other one, the other one's saying, no, you, you may not owe me fully, you owe me half. So mo'ida b'mixas ha'tayinah, yeshava. Generally, if you're mo'ida Mixus, if you accept half of the obligation, then you have to swear. And that's a deraisa shavua. So over here, the chora, the shavu is dereisa. The, the gemara says savra. Rabbi Chaim and Rabbi thought that this swear, this oath that she makes, is in biblical nature. The katan masan. Why? Because the husband claims to have paid already two hundred. The and she's is to half of it. So you see that it's moidah bemixus. he mixus So you see that it's a Der Isa. So the gemara says no. It's actually dereabanan. Why? Rabbi says, I'll prove it to you that it's not derisa. it's not a classical of mixes. Why? <laughs> on a biblical level we never make the person, the person who swears never collects the money, it's always the defendant who swears and then is innocent over here, the plaintiff is her, the husband is the defendant we're making her swear making the plaintiff swear to collect is not a biblical concept, that's a rabbinic concept the he tell us. the oid. Secondly, einish ban al kvir According to biblical halacha, you never swear regarding denying um, a denying that affects a lien on a property. Meaning, um, Rashi explains. Yeah, Rashi explains that on a biblical level. Right, the defendant usually makes an oath, and he's and he's free. We never make him swear if it involves kakois. Uh, like an example would be, um, one second, Let me see Rashi. One second, yeah. So let's say instead of moida mixes by money. Let's say one guy says you owe me three uh, plots of land, and he's like, no, I only owe you two. I'm moida to one, but I, I disagree about two. So then, or whatever, so we don't make him swear because it involves, it's based on psukim that we don't make you swear if it involves liens on property. Over here, this oath affects liens on property. So, because she has a lien on the property towards the So her moidim mixus is not deraisa because it is affecting real property. So these are two reasons why this shvua is not deraisa. So the like Gemara says, You're right. Rather, it's deraisa. And why did Chazal make her swear so chazal made her swear like this the paradigm the truth is if you have someone who's paying and someone who's taking money the person paying is usually more careful with the person receiving money the one who's paying knows about what he's paying he's thinking about he had to collect the money so if the husband claims to have paid it fully we really should believe him but and we really shouldn't believe her because and more likely he's telling the truth. But, Ramu Rabbanu, therefore Chazal made her swear in order to collect in order to make sure that she's being attentive. Meaning, generally, the one who's receiving money is not as attentive as the one who's giving the money. So, therefore, in order to equal everything out, she's has to make an oath in order to collect. Yibailahu paygemes k'suvasa be'edem, ma'hu. What if you have Pagemest Suba with Aden? What's the case? She admits to having partial payment in front of witnesses. The husband claims that I paid you everything, half of it in front of witnesses, like you say, and half of it not in front of witnesses. The question is, do we believe that? Do we say, do we believe the husband's claim, and do we say, meaning enough to make her swear? Again, this is worth $1,000. She's saying you paid me half in front of Adem And he says, I agree, I paid you half in front of Aden, but I paid the other half without Aden. Do we believe him? Do we say, if what he's saying is true, that she was paid fully by Edom, wouldn't it make sense that he would pay? If he's going to pay half in front of Edom, wouldn't he pay the other half in front of Edom as well? And the fact that he didn't means that he's lying and she shouldn't have to make an oath. Perhaps no, that's just what happened, meaning it happened to be. Half was in front of witnesses, half not. It's possible. So, Tashima. So, do you have to make her swear in this case where there's witnesses? By So the Gemara says, well, look at this Bryce. The Bryce says, On a biblical level, we always make the defendant swear, and he doesn't have to pay. But these, rabbinically, is the opposite. These are rabbinically where we make the plaintiff swear, and he collects the money. These are the examples of rabbinic shvuas, where the person swearing collects the money. A hired worker, he swears that he that he hasn't been paid yet. So he swears that he wasn't paid. He gets paid. Nigzol, someone who was uh, stolen from. He swears that he was robbed from, and he gets paid by the ganaf. Anerbol, someone who was uh, assaulted. So if a guy was punched in the face, he testifies that he was punched in the face by this guy, and he collects the money. Um, or if the other, if the defendant is someone that we don't trust and we think he's going to lie. Or a storekeeper regarding uh, his ledger. Meaning, let's say the case is, or actually explains the case is, um, let's say you have the, the manager who who told, you have the boss who told the manager to give out the paychecks to all the other workers. And the manager and, and the workers say, we well, didn't get the money. So there, the manager so over here the employees swear that they weren't paid and they get paid. Meaning the store key, the owner swears that he gave the checks. The employees swear they didn't get the they didn't, get, they didn't receive the checks. And the manager has to pay. And the last one is <laughs> Someone who's peigim like suvasa, not in the presence of Edim. Oh, so you see that, in, so we had Shiloh before, suvasa aid Edim, do you have to make an oath? Well, this is listing an oath, and it says shloi be in, which implies that if it's in front of witnesses, you don't have to swear. So that answers the question. So the verse says, no, perhaps Perhaps not. Perhaps really you have to make an oath in both cases. So why did it say be It's partial boy be It's that if you make if you if you claim to have partial payment in the presence of witnesses. You definitely have to make an oath to collect the remainder of the debt. But if it was without witnesses, maybe over there, like think about the case. You have the husband and wife, right? It was the classic case of He claims I paid full, and she's like, no, no, no you only paid half. Maybe we shouldn't make her swear. Maybe we should say to the guy, like, lucky man, there's no witnesses anyway. She could have denied the entire thing. The fact that she's being murdered that you paid half. Like, don't make her swear at all. Kamashwala, no, she has to swear. But it could be she has to swear both. If she's pagim, bifnei eidim, it could be there's no distinction. another kasha. Habegemis ksuvasa, pachas, pachas, Pruta. Let's say the woman claims that she admits to receiving money for her k'suva through a series of payments of less than a shavaprutha. Every day she says I was paid a thousand dollars but every day it was, it was uh, ten cents a day. Or less than a pruta, whatever that is. So mahu what's <laughs> the halacha? Mi the kadai kuli Do we say that if, if she's being so precise that she got paid, she's able to say that she got paid ten cents a day? Who would lie like that? So she's obviously telling the truth. She shouldn't have to make a shavua. Or perhaps she's playing a game. She's trying to trick us. Teiku, we do not know. avakasha. What if, instead of saying she was paid half, she's saying the k'suba is valued less than, is half of what it's value? meaning the Ksuva says a thousand, but she's saying, really, he only owes me 500. Not that he paid me 500. The, the k'suba is only valued at 500. So the Gemara, by the way, in a moment is going to clarify what do you mean if she's saying the k'suva is only worth less than it is, that means that it's a false document. We'll get to that in a second. So the question is, mm-hmm. is, is it the same halachas Pegamas that she has to make an oath? or don't the By pegemes, she's at least moida that she was paid half. She's not my at all that she was paid half. She's just saying that I'm owed full, but the full is half of what you think it is. So, Tashimah. If someone devalues the Ksuva she... Um, the Bryce it speaks out clearly that you do not have to make an oath Kate said what's the example the ksuva is worth a thousand and the husband again says you were paid full she says listen I wasn't paid a penny but I'm owed the full ksuva. but the ksuva is only worth half of what you think it is it's only worth five hundred she collects without an oath how is she using this ksuva to collect money isn't she treating this document as like a shard of pottery? Meaning she's claiming that it's a false document. She's saying that the document says a 1,000, but it's not really 1,000. It's 500. It's, it's a false document. It's a mistake. So the Gemara says... The case is not where she's claiming that it wasn't valued at at it was valued at half. She's not saying it's a false document. She's saying the document is Emmas. And the document says I'm owed a thousand. But I have a deal with my husband. Between us, he only has to pay me five hundred. When when I signed the Ksupa, we had a wink-wink understanding that we would only accept. Like an oral agreement, we only accept that. So it's a good Ksupa document. I'm not saying it's a false document. I'm just saying that I we made a deal that we would only um, we'd only honor half of the document. Okay, the next halacha was, if one witness testifies that that it's paid, she can only collect with a with a shavua. The question is again, is this shvur deraisa derabonon? De so we would assume it's deraisa. Why? Because you have an eight echad uh, testifying against her anytime you're going up against the Neidechad the Shvu is Dereisa. Shvu The Gemara thought that it's probably deraisa. Why the Sival The says one witness is not enough for any punishment or any penalty. who which means one single witness is not enough to give you lashes or any other penalty. I will come but it's enough to make you swear. So you see that the Chiv of against the Neidechad is the Chiv of Deraisa. The Raisa teaches, "Kol Makkim Sheshnei Mechayiv Nisamam." And any time you have two witnesses that are requiring you to pay money, One is Mechayiv Shavuah, so you see the Eida Achod against the Shvu is so I'm the i So, assuming that the Shvu of the woman in this case is a Chiyiv the Raisa, the Gemara says, "No, Amar as we had before, There's two problems of saying this is the First of all, generally on a biblical level, you only make a Shavuah. The defendants make the shvu. Over here, the, the plaintiff, the prosecutor, is making the Shavuah. She's making a shavu and collecting money. You always make a shavu and you're exempt from money. Secondly, we do not make you swear when it affects the lead on the property. So, In order to make the husband feel more comfortable. Meaning, really, really we don't make her swear. But we're making her swear to in order to make him more at ease. Alright, we'll stop here. Pick it up on Sunday visit.